Hi, and welcome to the Dine Daz Podcast. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick. We'll start with a question. Question is, what's in your podcast feed? I'm curious to know, do you listen to anything that's produced by a big media group? So that would be something like an iHeart or Wondery. They have shows that have big staffs that put them on. And you know that they have a big staff because usually at the end of the show, they read, a, read credits of everybody who contributed to the show. I listen to quite a few of those because I do love the, the production value that goes into them. And I'm always amazed by how many people do different things. In fact, most of your top 100 shows will have a staff, and they are produced by a production company. It's a lot easier to do it that way. But every once in a while, you will find a smaller show like this one that makes it through the top 100 on the charts. But it's tough to, you know, at least analytically compete against those really big shows. Now, one of the things that I'm very proud of, however, is how well we do with the resources that we use. And it's not a dig on the way that we do this. It's actually a huge achievement to be able to crack top 150 in a competitive category like Apple self-improvement, which we have a number of times. And we do that with just a couple of people. So one of the questions I've been asked a lot lately is, how do you guys actually put this thing together? So here's basically how it works. I have an idea, or I get pitched an idea. I set up a Zoom, I record the Zoom, I then craft an intro to set up the episode. I write something out and then I loosely voice it in the introduction and the tag. I record the episode on Zoom. I have two different clips that I recorded on on Zoom. One comes out as a double box, so two people being seen on the screen. The second one is what we call a single box. I then put those clips into a shared drive I share it with Brian Lau, who is an editor on our morning show, who I've worked with for more than 20 years. And then Brian edits the podcast in between editing the morning shows. So he kind of fits it in where he can. And then I fit doing the actual recording of the podcast in where I can, because my primary job is anchoring our morning news and working on things that end up on TV. So next up, I write some web copy that shows up on your phone and online. So if you pull up the episode and you see all the paragraphs there about what the show's about, I always wonder if anybody actually reads it. I spend quite a bit of time on it and I do enjoy it. But I do that as well. And then a member of our web staff, either digital manager Dan Mocked or digital producer Hilda Flores, proofs it for me. And they're the ones who hit publish. And that is how the Dying Desk podcast comes to be. So we have probably three in a given week, three people who actually have their hands on the show, um, but four of us actually work on it all the time. And we've done really well. We have 200 plus episodes. We have more than half a million downloads. So it is working. Now, that said, every once in a while, it's kind of good to sit back and see which pieces of spaghetti are actually sticking to the wall. So Dan recently sent me our top 10 episodes of the year, and he thought it might be cool to pull a little bit from each of those episodes and put it into one episode. Um, that, I'll be honest, felt like a lot of work. <laughs> There's something about it. I find that I don't listen to those shows on the podcasts that are in my feed. So I decided to not do that, but I still wanted to take a look at those 10 episodes because you can learn a lot from things like that. And you're probably in your life getting... Um, summaries of your year, like your year in review. Maybe it's all the things you listen to on Spotify or the top 10 posts you interacted with on social media. These are interesting things, I think, to do as you take a little intake of yourself toward the end of the year. So in my top 10 episodes that you guys listened to, a few of them did not surprise me. So one of them was called Eat, Pray, Love, and Get Creative with Elizabeth Gilbert. That was one of my highlights. Um, that was a fantastic conversation, and the after conversation with her was even better. <laughs> also, the power of the heavily 
Happily Ever After. That was with romance novelist Brenda Novak. Very fun show. And then one of the ones that did really well last year was one of the more random episodes. People laughed at me for coming up with this. And then they not only did they listen to it, they still talk about it every day at work. And that episode was called Should You Get In on the Giant Water Bottle Trend? So here's what did surprise me from the top 10 listened to episodes or downloaded episodes. They are what I jokingly call Church of Fits. So it's where I pick a topic from the Betterment food group and then I do a little research and then I present it. I will be honest, those ones take a little bit of work. They are vulnerable because usually I tell you something that I suck at and what I'm doing to get better at it. But the fact that they do well and that they are as listened to as they are is really humbling and oddly gratifying. So thank you for that. I had been encouraged to do that by a number of people in the podcast industry. They said, you know, I kind of want to hear more of you. I'm like, "Uh, talking about what? And they said, I don't care. Just pick something. And so I did. And as it turns out, they were right. So a couple lessons here. Number one, when people say, I think you might be good at something, you should listen and maybe give it a try. And number two, being a little vulnerable is not necessarily a terrible thing. So thank you for that. And that is how I'm transitioning to today's topic. So a lot of those Church of Fits episodes have come out of brainstorming sessions when I take what I call a brain break. So what is a brain break? For me, it's when my brain just stops working and I can no longer think. It's kind of like when I was a kid and my mom would put both hands on her head and say, I can't think. And I would say something smart like, you should use your brain. Yeah. (laughs) Paying for that now, mom. And I apologize in advance for all those things, as I'm sure my kids will at some point too. But a brain break is a conscious break from trying to get something done. It's when you've gotten to the point of no return. You're working on a project and you just can't figure it out. Maybe you're trying to craft a line. You're trying to come up with a concept. You just feel like you're banging your head against a wall and you take a break from it. And then all of a sudden it's very obvious. I just watched this happen in the room that I I work in here at the station. We have a back room and the back room we call it the library because it's the place where people come to plug their laptops in when they just need to crank something out. So in the library I watched Melanie Wingo and photographer Brandon Atchison. Brandon was struggling with an edit on Melanie's story. He kind of got up, walked out of the room, came back five minutes later, and all of a sudden he saw it. He saw the thing that he couldn't get the edit right on. And Melanie even commented, sometimes you just need fresh eyes and you just need to take a lap around the building. And she was right. The irony, and she didn't know this, is that I was actually writing this Brain Break episode while this happened. So that was pretty cool. Here's another one. My kid, I have a freshman in high school, his English teacher, who's a super cool dude, has these kids memorizing poetry for school. And it's hard because most of these poems, it's everything from Shakespeare to Frost to, you know, poets I've never heard of before. It's tricky to learn all those things. And then they get up in front of the class and they have to recite it, like word for word. And so I will be listening to him trying to memorize these lines. And sometimes he'll go out and he'll go shoot a few hoops and I'll hear him still doing the lines. I mean, your kid shooting basketball hoops while reciting Shakespeare is a gift. That is a gift that keeps on giving. But what happens is when he actually sits to apply himself, 
he's able to absorb it a lot better. So brain breaks are kind of magic. And I think the holidays are a perfect time to work on your brain breaks because this is the time of overwhelm. So give yourself a few breaks and see if it just makes all of it better, whether it's wrapping gifts or dealing with your in-laws or getting the shopping done or whatever, fill in the blank. Holidays could be a great time to practice some brain breaks. So on this dying to ask, how to know if you need a brain break? Four ways to take one. And yes, it is all me today because apparently that's what you want 50% of the time according to the stats. <laughs> Join me as we talk brain breaks on this week's Dying to Ask podcast. Have you ever wondered how did they do that? I do all the time. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick and Dying to Ask is the podcast that gets me off a TV news set and into candid conversations with authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and influencers I have been dying to talk to. Soak up the motivation that comes from learning how other people live their lives, how they take an idea or a goal, they follow through, and they pull it off. And maybe along the way, I'll get some answers to questions you've been dying to ask. Have you ever had a great idea when you were in the shower? I bet you have. Psychologists say we get a lot of great ideas in places like the shower because those are the rare moments during our very busy lives when our brain isn't being pulled in a lot of directions. I mean, when you're taking a shower, it's like wash rinse, repeat, if you're lucky. And maybe the repeat is the key to really flushing out an idea. But like, you're just quiet, right? You're just really, really quiet. And that's why your brain sometimes will go, Ooh, I got that. And you come up with those really great ideas. So that is a that is a thing. And science backs you up on this. How do you know you need a brain break? Well, it's usually pretty obvious, although sometimes it takes you a while to figure it out. But if you're struggling to think, if you're sitting, you're stewing, you're rewriting the same sentence over and over again, if staying focused is really, really tiring, chances are you need to back off for a few minutes. And you might think the opposite, like the longer I sit here, the better. I'm going to sit here until I come up with that idea. That never works. The truth is you don't have to sit and do something for a really long time to be able to think deeply about it, brilliantly, or just get your stuff done. Some of the greatest things in the world are things that happened really, really quickly. So I'll give you an example. I remember this from my DJ days. Um, a Guns N' Roses song, Sweet Child of Mine, mega hit. Did you know that Axl Rose wrote that song in five minutes? Five minutes. I can't even imagine how much money the band has made off of that one song. And I bet you know every word, and you're going to sing it for the rest of the day. Sorry about that. But that was a five-minute effort that turned into something absolutely brilliant. One of the best books that I've read about this, I am kind of fascinated by it, is a book called Stolen Focus, Why You Can't Pay Attention and How to Think Deeply Again. It's by a guy named um, Johan Hari. I cannot recommend it enough, and I will put a link to it in the show notes if you want to check it out. So... The, the book talks about the things in our life that really pull our attention away. And no surprise, the number one thing is that we multitask all the time and that screens have kind of scrambled our brains a bit because we never really give our brains a little bit of a rest of doing absolutely nothing. Boredom is a wonderful way to get really, really creative. So step one in our four-step plan is to just flat out recognize that you need a break. And 
once you get good at this, you will know when you're not going to be productive. So if you are someone who does what I think the, the buzzy term is knowledge work, meaning you use a computer during the day, you could track how long you keep your focus and then maybe start building it into your schedule. If you know that you can be good for about 20 minutes, then maybe just start doing that. Like actually time clock your day, time block it rather, and then build in those breaks. Figure out when do you need to step away, right? So figure out how long you're going to work, but, but actually set the timer and just, just go for that amount of time and see how that goes. So step one, recognize that you need to break. Step two is to actually take the break, right? And figure out what does that look like to get your brain back on track. And typically, trying movement will work. So take the break and add a little bit of movement in. And that's definitely for me. So for example, when I'm writing a podcast or a TV story, what I'll do is I'll write the same sentence over and over again. I, uh, same thing over and over and then I erase it and then I go back and I write the same sentence and then I erase it like it's going to be better the next time that I write it like two seconds later so what I will often do is I just get up and I walk like I need physical movement to be able to get my brain moving again it could be if I have the luxury of time 10 minutes walking around the block at the station 10 minutes doesn't matter or if I don't have a lot of time it might be 90 seconds walking to the bathroom or just having a quick conversation with a colleague. It's getting up, it's moving, it's using the brain in a different way. Now, pro gamer choice, if you have the option, go outside. Because the science shows that getting outside in nature, the outdoors, some sunshine, can refocus you quicker than anything else you do. Get that fresh air, breathe it in deeply, even if it's for a really short amount of time, and chances are your brain will relax and be able to get back on track. Now, for me, I'm usually listening to podcasts when I go for a walk, but the truth is silence is probably the best, unless you're taking that that little movement break with a friend, in which case you get a little bit of conversation, hopefully maybe away from work for a little bit. Um, but a couple of minutes of just quiet, even just like walk one block, just breathing in, breathing out, that can be a huge thing. So step one, recognize you need the break. Step two, try a little movement. Just get outside. Step three, you know what this one's going to be. Shut it off. Shut off the distractions. Put the phone on do not disturb. Close all browsers except for the one that you need. Kids are actually pretty good about having do not disturb on when they're at school because I think you get in trouble if your phone goes off. And I, there is somebody that I've interviewed on this podcast a number of times. She knows that her best writing time, she's a writer, is from 8 a.m. until noon. Her phone is always on Do Not Disturb. You get that little thing back if you try texting her about something. It is always on Do Not Disturb during that time. And I think that that's really smart. I am so bad about multitasking that I have to shut it all down. So for me, that looks like closing out my email at work while I'm writing a story it's not responding to those persistent top line messages. That's not, I know that that's not possible for everyone. Some people really do have to be reached at all times. I usually don't, and people can find me. I'm easy to find, or they'll just text me. But eliminate whatever distractions that you can. If yours is social media and the amount of time that we spend refreshing Instagram is, you know, a lot, um, take it off your phone. I, I've mentioned this before. Like literally at the beginning of the day, delete it. And then put it back on at the end of the day during your like entertainment time, your fun time. I know some people who will only look at social media from their computer, like a laptop or a desktop. 
because it eliminates the frequency that they can look at it. That's like next level. That's really good. So eliminate those distractions. So step one was recognize you need the break and the quicker you can recognize it, the better. Step two is to try some movement, get outside, move your body. Step three, shut it all down, get rid of those distractions. And step number four, this one I love, make like you're a toddler. I just had this conversation with somebody at work the other day. Remember when your kids are really small and something's like going south and they're screaming? It's usually a couple of things. Are they hungry? Are they thirsty? Are they tired? Or are they bored, right? So daycare workers, preschool teachers, they are so good at keeping the cranky down on kids because they go through those four things and they make sure that those four things are being taken care of on the regular because predictability leads to regularity, right? So treat yourself like a toddler. Do you need a snack? Is that why you can't focus? Do you need a coffee? Do you need to pound some water? Water will give you energy. Are you super tired? Take a real step back and ask yourself how much you're sleeping these days. Maybe you need a nap. Challenging at work, recognize that. <laughs> but maybe by going through those things, hungry, thirsty, tired, bored, maybe those are the things to try to get yourself back on track and to get that brain firing the way you want it to be so going back through them again one more time for the people in the back step one recognize that you need a break step two try a little movement step three turn it off just shut that stuff down and step number four treat yourself like a big old baby and try to figure out what you actually need and if it's an easy fix then fix it. So thank you to Brian Lau, my amazing podcast partner for always keeping my brain on track. That guy reads my brain, which is what happens when you work with somebody for more than 20 years. Um, and we, we were just talking about this yesterday. We're wired very similarly in how we do things. And I'm not saying that that's for the best. <laughs> we're a lot together. I'd love it if you could share this show with a friend. And if you'd like to chat with me, always reach out on Instagram. You can send me a message. I will respond to them. Find me on Instagram at runreadsip. Give your brain a break over these holidays. I'm George Fitzpatrick, and this is the Dine Desk Podcast.